Hello, everybody. It's your host, Rob Mars. You listen to the Rims and S podcast, episode 19. So, we're entering the third week of September. I'm recording this on a Sunday. So, it's been about uh, almost two weeks since I recorded the last episode, episode 18. We, uh, we, uh, was able to get into the, the 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 top 100 list uh was able to get through 60 through 80 um this week we're gonna go into the the second the going to the third tier of that list which is 40 through 60 so that's gonna be a really good it's gonna be a really good show um kind of get into the nitty-gritty the meat of that list where you're gonna see a lot more talent Guys that you, for sure, I mean, I mean, obviously in, in the, the latter part of that list, those guys that may not get the D1 attention that these players will probably get, which I feel like once we get to the 60, you know, the 60 mark in this list, you're going to see guys that, that for sure will get some type of D1 level offers. There's already a good amount of players that already been committed already going into their senior year. So, I mean, obviously this class of 2020, so they still have one year left for eligibility. So, yeah, well, so we'll get into that in the latter half of the show. Um, we'll also get into uh, the FIBA World Cup, and we'll wrap that up. It's just it, uh, the tournament just concluded uh, yesterday. The championship, uh, the championship game was against Spain and Argentina. And uh, obviously that was a big surprise that Team USA um, wasn't able to qualify for a medal. So I'll get into that as well. This, I'll get into all the struggles that they had and what they definitely could have did better. And really it's just it's been tough for them to really compete at the level of the top tier, you know, uh, countries that, you know, obviously have definitely... Even when the even when Team USA was a fully loaded roster, was able to to almost you know you know beat them. You know you obviously know about Spain that's right there at number two in in the world ranking, and then you got teams like Lithuania and and Serbia, and those teams didn't even make it to to the um the you know the uh, uh, the third place uh, third place game and the. In the um in the championship game, so this it's amazing that like a team like Argentina that doesn't have really any NBA players at all made it all the way to the top game, the championship game. So we'll get into that as well, get into all their success and get into the, how the, how the whole field ended. I mean how the how the whole field finished this tournament. We'll get into that as well. Um, also, um, which I did start in the last, the previous last two episodes, the, um, well, really, I, I was able to really start it out last episode, the, um, the call, the cause basketball D1 New England top 10, uh, I was go, able to get through 10 through eight, uh, and this show will probably, that'll probably be the last part of the show where we'll get into that, 
uh, I have seven through five, or excuse me, five through seven of the top that top ten list. We'll get into that as well. But uh, it's it's a definitely a lot, a lot of stuff. It's definitely gonna be a full loaded show. So just this is why I like to do two segments, two parts, because. Sometimes it can be a bit time consuming, especially these episodes. They've definitely become longer and longer as I as I, you know, felt more comfortable, you know, giving out as much information. Really, just like I really have come into my own when it comes down to just um, really creating content and try to I try to prepare the content as complete as I can. Like I, I try to com- try to. Um, try to make it, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, I'm trying to think of the word that would describe it, but just, I try to like be in depth with my content. So that's why the shows have been, been longer and it's, and I'm pretty detail oriented person. So this is what you're going to get. You're going to get something that's in depth. Um, and detail oriented so but but it's 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 interesting because some people don't think about it in a deeper way and or they're not into it as deep as i am but uh but yeah like it's just a lot to cover i i feel like you know i was probably thinking like oh like maybe i should just do like one uh, one area of basketball, which is maybe possibly professional or really, I was really probably just trying to like think, okay, what's something that would be unique to me that probably other, um, avenues wouldn't have that type of content. And I thought of the local spin as, you know, doing like new England sports or, or, you know, basketball in new England. So, but I felt like I needed to add it, you know, the NBA to kind of keep people interested, but still add on the local spin to it as well. So this is what you get. You get a lot of content every episode because you're, I'm not only covering local high school sports. I mean, why am I saying sports? local high school high school basketball but i'm also covering college basketball i'm also covering professional and now i'm covering the world cup so now we're kind of covering the international basketball scene so it's 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 definitely well-rounded and it's detour-oriented this is why maybe i may not even come up with episode every week it might be a little bit after a week just because i'm trying to prep for this show so but yeah, like I'm definitely gonna put out the best. I'm not gonna uh, not gonna shortchange you on what I could put out in an episode. So this is why you know you're gonna seek hour long episodes or maybe even longer than that, a little bit over an hour. And then every and then there's some segments that might last an hour. So, but this is what I'm passionate in, and and clearly by having longer episodes it shows that i'm passionate in this and i'm gonna give my 100 percent. but yeah like let's let's start and get into it kind of ramming a little bit let's start and get into the FIBA world cup um like i said just just concluded 
yesterday, I believe. Yesterday was it? The, yeah, like this morning, I believe, was the final game. Um, it was against Spain and Argentina. Um, wasn't able to catch all the games. There's a lot of games. I wasn't able to catch all of them, but I was able to catch a lot of the highlights and stuff. And I seen the highlights this morning, and uh, Ricky Rubio had an unbelievable tournament. Like he was, he was unbelievable. Um, the Suns got a good player. The Phoenix Suns was able to get him in free agency this year. It would be interesting to see how he does in the NBA this year with this, like I said, with the Suns because he had a great tournament. Um, I thought he really took over in the end. You know, it was a close game against Argentina. Argentina played really well as well. We'll get into them as well as I, I listed them um, as one of my surprising teams in the whole tournament. Like they definitely surprised a lot of people to even get as far as they did. But uh, but Spain was able to uh, get the win, and Ricky Rubio was a big part of that. Um, I felt like he was able to really. Um, really has developed his offensive game over the years. Um, he's a more complete player now. When he came into the league as a rookie with the Minnesota Timberwolves, he was more of a guy that was that can you know he would he can average about eight nine assists a game easily because he was like one of the better passers to ever come into the league at a young age. He was really good at you know being a distributor and that's what he was really known for early on but it's amazing how he over the years obviously he grew into a you know a guy that had long hair and you know or, or really just short hair he had short hair at the time and now he has a long beard and long hair and he's just developed this whole entire game and like he can score on all levels now like he's making bank like he made a, a unbelievable bank sh- bank shot and one in that game uh, yesterday, it was just I was just amazed to see how how far he has come. Like he's he's an unbelievable, and then he was making a lot of three pointers. He has like he's kind of like a like a away set shot when he shoots the ball. Like, but he but his offensive game has absolutely improved over the years, like immensely, and. And then he, you got a lot of other role players too. You got the Hernan Gomez brothers that played well. Marcus Saul didn't have the best tournament, but you know at times he he gave us, you know, the glimpses of what he is, and he's obviously he showed himself defensively, and you know throughout the tournament. I mean they have a deep team. They have uh, um, a few guys from the Euroleague, Rudy Fernandez that also played in the NBA. Um, a guy named Paul Ribas, he had a great game as well. So they're deep, man, and it just showed you that even when they come on, come off the bench, they have other guys. Sergio Lul, that plays in the EuroLeague, had a great tournament as well. Um, and then as for Argentina, um, they don't really have, like I said, they don't have really much NBA talent on their team, but they're very talented because they played well. They play, they play a, uh, they played a lot of games together. Uh, so they have really good chemistry and synergy on the floor. Uh, you see, on um, both teams really exhibit a lot of um, backdoor cuts. 
You've seen a lot of high pulls passing in the game. It was, it's just, it was just beautiful basketball to watch. Um, and just like I said with Argentina, they're just like they they were a, a very fundamentally sound team, and they they passed the ball well, and they had really good chemistry. And and Luis Scola, which is still playing, I think he's like 39 years old or, or close to 40 years old, and he looked like he hasn't lost much. Like he, there's some rumors out there that are saying that that there's some NBA teams that might be looking at him as a training camp invite. Well, I've seen, you know, I've seen a, a few articles just saying like he might have a, he could have have a good chance of coming back to the NBA. I, he's been out of the NBA for the past three years now, but that's really their only like NBA level talent on their team. But uh, there's another guy uh, who plays in the Euroleague, one of the top Euroleague point guards. Uh, Fassi, I think his name is Fassi, Fassi. I can't even say it. It's Fassi, Fassiando Campazzo. Um, yeah, like he's he's one of the uh, top passers out there. He's a very good passer. Um, so really, it's contagious with him. It all starts with him. He's a, he's a floor general out there for the Argentine Argentine team. So he creates a lot of um, easy buckets for Scola, and they move well without the basketball. So it, it, they're a tough team to defend overall. They got and they and they got and they're very skilled. So they may not have the most athleticism, than, but like they're. They're they're good enough to really get the job done with their skills and 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 like I said, their chemistry is is is, is through the, is bar none. Like they're probably the the most sound basketball team out that was left standing, and they were able to really you know knock down shots efficiently, and that was why they were able to was able to get so far in this tournament. Um. They had a few guys um, that were pretty good as well. That just were sound players. Uh, I think his name is Gabriel Deck. I th- I seen him do a lot of different things out there, and just it's just amazing because they've had a they've had a long history of um, great NBA players. We all know uh, Mono Ginobili that played for the Spurs all those years. He played for that 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 national team for a long time. He just retired, of course, and then you got Andres Nocioni, which right now he's still playing in the Euro League, or I believe he is. I'm not positive, but he might have retired as well. So I don't know. They're they're like I said, they're they got a great program for the for them to really be able to have their young talent play up, you know, play up to the level that they played at to make really you know come up with some big time wins i mean they were able to beat serbia to even get to that point where i felt like that was the probably the biggest upset of the entire tournament because we all expected serbia to at least be in those uh metal rounds for sure and them losing to argentina was probably the biggest surprise out of all the games that i've that i've seen that serbia could go down to a team that really only has one NBA player on it potentially which obviously I mean he's retired he's not even playing in the NBA right now so 
that's just uh, very impressive that they're able to do what they would do with uh with not the most you know NBA rich talent. You've seen teams like Germany that had like three or four NBA players. They went they weren't even to make it to the second round. And I'll get into that as well. Those uh, Germany probably was one of my biggest disappointments in the whole tournament. They like I said, they only won one game and they lost two games in the in the pool round. I mean the the the, the first uh, group stage. So that that was definitely one of my disappointments for sure. But if you take a look at the top performers, um, I probably say the top performers were uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic from Serbia. Um, you obviously you know he plays for the Sacramento Kings. Um, he was lights out from outside, shot over fifty percent from three. Um, was one of the top scorers as well in the tournament. Was in the top five scoring rankings. So he played well. Obviously, Luis Scola is another guy that was a was a huge performer and was a was a big part of why Argentina was able to go as far as they did. Um, it's a double double type player. What the hell, he's a double double type player. Scores um a lot of um well I mean he does he's not he's a little bit under a double double about seven rebounds a game one he has like averages about seven rebounds a game I'm sorry it's just like it's a little distraction I'm right now recording and recording this in in a, um in an area that I thought would be. A little bit more secure, but see someone that's trying to. But anyways, I'm, I'm just a little distracted by there's just somebody driving by. I'm in my car right now recording this actually, and I'm just seeing someone driving by, and it just it just it looks kind of suspicious. But anyways, we'll get back to what we're talking about. Sorry about that, but yeah, like yeah, as far as Luis Scola, he's definitely um, a sound player. Um, very skilled player. Um, like I said, you know, he, he added seven rebounds a game, um, can stretch the floor, shoot threes. Definitely, um, a guy that was very sound throughout the tournament. And then my third guy that I thought was really impressive we got into it, uh, just got, I recently mentioned it, Ricky Rubio. Um, just sound all around, just um, a dynamic score for Spain all tournament, score in all levels, shoot the three, mid-range jump shot, floaters, runners, everything. Like, he's still, even though we all know he's not the passer that he was when he got into the league, he still averaged about six six assists a game in the tournament. So... Um, he's the reason why Spain was able to kind of, you know, they Spain's lost some, you know, players as well. Um, you got Juan Carlos Navarro where they didn't play for them th- this year. And then obviously Paul Gasol's that's, you know, close to the end. So those guys, um, have really been staple to that team for a while. And Ricky Rubio has really stepped into his own and become, 
the next guy to really lead them along with Marcus Saul. So Ricky Ruby had an outstanding tournament. Those probably like my guys I would say that definitely have really showed themselves. As far as the surprise teams, we got into Argentina. Um, like I said, it's amazing what they're able to do to beat Serbia to really as far as they did with, you know, not much NBA, NBA level talent. And then another surprise team that I I was really surprised because I, when I when I first looked up all the teams in the tournament, I was like, all right, um, I just assumed that Croatia was in it. I assumed that Slovenia was in it because they did well in the in the, in the last um, believe major tournament. I think there was the the FIBA EuroBasket. I believe was like the last big tournament. Um, those two teams were very good in that tournament. So I was assuming they were going to be in this tournament because of that. And then I found out that they weren't. I was like, wow, they're going to leave guys like Dario Saric and, and Luka Doncic's, you know, teams out of the, out of this tournament. And the reason why they were not in this tournament, because Poland beat Croatia in the qualifier. So Poland is is as 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 far as a nation goes, they have really have been much better, or really just improving their basketball. Um, like as a nation, they're definitely a much better basketball nation now. Um, they they have a few NBA players in the past. Um, Y'all know Marcin Gortati's from Poland. You know the 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 strong center. He didn't even play on their team. I thought he would have been on their team this year, but he wasn't even on the team. And they still find a way to make it into the quarterfinals. So that's really impressive for them to even, like, get as far as they did to make it all the way to the quarterfinals. Um, but they have some young talent, and some, you know, that are that are promising. Uh, they got a, a kid called Mart- Martwez Poninik. Which he's um he did get, he did recently get drafted. I think he was playing in the summer league this year. I'm trying to uh remember what team he's on, but I don't know at the time. I don't I don't really know exactly what team he played for, but uh they they've had, like I said they've had a strong tournament. Um, they beat Russia, which we all know Russia wasn't. You know the Russia that we know they 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 don't have the players that they normally have as well. They didn't have Moskovs, so they were missing a few players. But they still beat them, which that's still an impressive win. you know overall, they did play in a weaker um, pool though. Like they didn't have the most talented teams in their pool, which where Germany kind of had like probably the toughest pool to get out of. Poland had probably the easiest pool to get out of. But nevertheless, they still beat Russia, and they still, you know, played some teams pretty tough. I think they played Spain pretty tough and a few other teams tough. So they definitely should get some consideration for sure as one of, one of the more surprised, uh, surprising teams in this tournament. And then obviously the other one 
that I thought was surprising was is Czech Republic. Czech Republic made it to the quarterfinals as well. They came up with a, a lot of big wins. Um, their big guys are pretty good. They they don't have, they didn't have John uh, Vesley, which is you know a guy that got drafted, played in the NBA for a short time, not in the NBA right now, but you know played in the NBA for a few years. He was a top five pick in the in the NBA draft a couple years ago. Um, but they had Thomas Adarzinski. Thomas Adarzinski had an unbelievable tournament. Had close to uh, what was it? I believe it was eighteen, nineteen points a game. Had like eight eight assists a game. So really, kind of got his teammates involved. Um, he's definitely going to be big for the Chicago Bulls this year. I think he might end up, you know, by judging by this tournament, he could be a starter on that Chicago Bulls team. If you know, I don't know what what the status is with Zach Levine and company, but you know, they play a similar position. They're more of like bigger, bigger type of point guards. Zach Levine obviously can be more of a two guard, but some rosters list Zach Levine as a point guard. So it's, we'll have to see who's actually going to be that starting two guard slash point guard for that Chicago Bulls lineup. But Thomas Sadowski definitely helped this case this summer. Had a very productive tournament. And definitely led his team all the way to the quarterfinals. So that was impressive. Probably the biggest win was they beat Brazil. Which you all know Brazil was, was pretty good this year, uh, this tournament. They were able to beat Greece. Which that was an upset. And then speaking of, you know, disappointments. I thought Greece was the biggest disappointment. You have an MVP on your team. And yet you can't even get into the quarterfinals. I think that's really disappointing. And I felt like uh, I, I I said it in the last episode that the chemistry isn't that isn't is isn't that strong because I feel like you know he Giannis is his first year playing for his uh, his native country and in, in like a big tournament like this and he's. He it shows that they don't really want to play through him. They rather play through, you know, the veterans, uh, the Greek veteran players, and I felt like that was a a lot of disconnect because of that. And I felt like Greek Freak was like, I'm MVP of the NBA. Why would you run the offense through me? I probably thought he probably thought that, but uh, obviously, you know, the coaches for Greece obviously thought otherwise. And they rather, you know, run the offense through more of the veteran players like Nick Calathis and 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 Barucius, the big um, the big lumbering center that you know played in the Euroleague for a long time. So they rather run the offense through them, and not as much again, you know, through Greek freaks. So that was. Probably the most shocking thing that Greece wasn't able to get as far as they did. Um, another shock was um, another disappointment was Lithuania. They didn't make the quarterfinals. They they lost to the second round to France, which obviously, of course, as we all know, France was able to beat the United States. So if it's one team you you should you would lose to, it would be them. You know, as you know, we all know, we all know. France was able to get the bronze medal, so that was impressive. 
Um, um, Sabonis, I don't. I thought he would do a little bit better than what he did. He only averaged about ten points a game throughout the tournament. Kind of had a lackluster performance. Um, I thought they were the biggest team in the entire tournament. That in Greece, you know, Lithuania and in Serbia as well. I thought their their size could really, you know, dominate a lot of teams inside with their size, but. They weren't as big of an impact as you thought they would. So, and it showed they lost to France because of it. You know, France had a little bit more athleticism, a little bit more versatility to, to score from the outside, and that was the key for them beating Lithuania. And then, obviously, I'll give you two more surprise teams. Obviously, we mentioned early in the show, Germany was definitely a huge, a disappointment. They weren't able to even make it to the um to the second group stage. They weren't even make it. They only won one game in the tournament altogether. You have NBA players like Dennis Schroeder, Daniel Tice, Maxi Kleber that plays for them Dallas Mavericks. You, you wasn't able to get that far. Was that's that's not good. I mean. And plus, Germany's got a good, a good uh, they have a large pool of players they can choose from. They got a lot of players that play in the EuroLeague and um, a few, you know, NBA players as well that probably play in the NBA for a short time. Uh, Tibor Plez and Elias Harris that played for Gonzaga. They play they have a, they have a, a lot of players they can go with. Um, Chris Kamen, um, which I believe he retired. Um, played for Germany. Well, he's German born as well, so they they can go, they can go, a lot of ways with their players, and they have a lot of experience in other leagues. So that's kind of kind of a disappointment. They they weren't able to go as far as they did. But when you have play in a tough pool like they played, I think they played in the same pool as France, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and that's gonna that's gonna be tough you know you play with a tough pool like that it's gonna be tough to win those early games and they just had had the the bad luck of the draw to to be in that type of pool and i I just thought germany's defense wasn't wasn't as good as i thought it would be their defense was wasn't that great at all they really got hurt on defense a lot and that's what really hurt them in a lot of those games and then um the last team, which I really I don't know what to tell what to say about their, their team overall, because it's just it's kind of disappointing that they're not able to get as much NBA t- talent to play for them in these major tournaments. Canada, um, they only had one NBA player participate, which was Corey Joseph, which it was you know he was kind of kind of like it was a last minute thing i don't we didn't think he was going to perform he didn't even play in the exposition against us uh the against the us i think he had an injury but he ended up you know showing up to to china and yeah they they don't have a lot of mb level talent out there and it, it and it weren't able to even i don't think they were able to even win a game if i'm not mistaken no i they might have won one game, but I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. But they have a large NBA pool of talent, and yet 
they never really participate. Like, uh, they obviously have guys that will probably, you could probably think of was Tristan Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Olenek end up getting hurt. So that was a huge loss that Kelly Olenek got hurt. He ended up not participating because of that. But he was he was definitely ready to participate if it wasn't for the injury. So they have a they have a lot of guys they can go with that are in the NBA, and it's kind of crazy they're not able to get um, a decent roster in these in these major tournaments. But they were definitely a disappointment for sure. Wasn't able to even get you know wasn't able to even qualify for um the second round and it's just they gotta get they gotta get their program together i think steve nash is um a spokesperson or um an ambassador for their for their um for their national team and he i think he was in you know i think he uh uh, spoke to the press and, and criticized them. Criticized them for not having any NBA players participate, and why they never support, you know, their their country. So, hopefully, you know, in the future they can get it together because they have a lot of NBA talent they can go to, and it's kind of, you know, they they just don't have a chance against all these other, you know, countries that have players that are much more loyal to look look at Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas has played for Lithuania probably almost every tournament, I think. I don't think he's ever missed one since he was young, since he was in his 20s he's been playing and now he's in his 30s. So that's like a good 10 years of playing in inter, you know international tournaments. So that's so that's pretty much um going to complete complete that um all right so we'll be right back with the second segment um we're gonna get into uh obviously we're gonna get into the top 100 new england top 100 for class of 2020 we're gonna get into the 40 through 60 um portion of that list and plus we're gonna get into the five through seven um of the college basketball, the New England, New England D1 college basketball top 10 list. So we'll get into that in the next segment. We'll be right back. You listen to the Rims and Nets podcast. Your host, this is your host, Rob Morris. We'll be right back. <laughs> 